0: Chapters twenty-eight and twenty-nine of *The Shepherd of the Hills*. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Emily Jomard. *The Shepherd of the Hills* by Harold Bell Wright. Chapter twenty-eight. What Pete told Sammy. No word was spoken by either Sammy or her lover while their horses were climbing the mill road, and both were glad when they reached the top of the ridge. "'and turned into the narrow path "'where they would need to ride one before the other. "'It was not easy to ride side by side "'when each was busy with thoughts not to be spoken. "'At the gate, Ollie dismounted "'to help the girl from her horse. "'But before he could reach the pony's side, "'Sammy sprang lightly to the ground, unassisted. "'Opening the big gate, "'she turned Brownie loose in the yard "'while the man stood watching her, "'a baffled look upon his face.' He had always done these little things for her. To be refused at this time was not pleasant. The feeling that he was on the outside grew stronger. Turning to his own horse, Ali placed his foot in the stirrup to mount when Sammy spoke. Perhaps she felt that she had been a little unkind. "'You were going to stay to supper?' she said. "'Not tonight," he answered, gaining his seat in the saddle and picking up the reins. "'But you are going to leave in the morning, are you not? "'You—you must not go like this.' "'He dropped the reins to the horse's neck again. "'Look here, Sammy. "'Do you blame me because I did not fight that big bully?' "'Sammy did not reply. "'What could I do? "'You know there is not another man in the mountains "'beside young Matt who could have done it. "'Surely you cannot blame me.' "'The young woman moved uneasily.' "'No, certainly not. I do not blame you in the least. I—' "'But it was very fortunate that young Matt was there, wasn't it?' The last sentence slipped out before she knew. Ollie retorted angrily, "'It seems to be very fortunate for him. "'He will be a greater hero than ever now, I suppose. "'If he is wise, he will stay in the backwoods to be worshipped, "'for he'll find that his size won't count for much in the world. "'He's a great man here where he can fight like a beast— "'but his style wouldn't go far where brains are of value. "'It would be interesting to see him in town, "'a man who never saw a railroad.' "'Sammy lifted her head quickly at this, "'and fixed her eyes on the man's face "'with that wide, questioning gaze "'that reminded one so of her father. "'I never saw a railroad either, "'not that I can remember, "'though I suppose we must have crossed one or two "'on our way to Texas when I was a baby. "'Is it the railroads, then, that makes one so... "'so superior?' The man turned impatiently in the saddle. "'You know what I mean.' "'Yes,' she answered slowly. "'I think I do know what you mean.' Ollie lifted the reins again from his horse's neck, and angered them nervously. "'I'd better go now. There's no use talking about this tonight. I won't leave in the morning as I had planned. I—I can't go like this.' There was a little catch in his voice. May I come again tomorrow afternoon, Sammy? Yes, you had better go now and come back tomorrow. And, Sammy, won't you try to think that I am not altogether worthless, even if I am not big enough to fight Wash Gibbs? You are sure that you do not blame me for what happened at the mill? No, she said, of course not. You could not help it. Why should I blame anyone for that which he cannot help? Then Ollie rode away and Sammy, going to her pony, stood petting the little horse, while she watched her lover up the old trail, and still there was that wide, questioning look in her eyes. As Ollie passed from sight around the hill above, the girl slipped out of the gate and a few minutes later stood at the lookout, where she could watch her lover riding along the ridge. She saw him pass from the open into the fringe of timber near the big gap, and a few minutes later saw him reappear beyond the deer lick. Still she watched as he moved along the rim of the hollow, looking in the distance like a toy man on a toy horse, watched until he passed from sight into the timber again, and was gone, and all the time that questioning look was in her eyes. Did she blame Ollie that he had played so poorly his part in the scene at the mill? No, she told herself over and over again, as though repeating a lesson. No, Ali was not to blame, and yet— She knew that he had spoken truly when he said that there were things that counted for more than brute strength. But was there not something more than brute strength in the incident? Was there not that which lay deeper? Something of which brute strength, after all, was only an expression? The girl stamped her foot impatiently as she exclaimed aloud, "'Oh, why did he not try to do something?' He should have forced Wash Gibbs to beat him into insensibility rather than to have submitted so tamely to being played with. In the distance she saw the shepherd following his flock down the mountain, and the old scholar, who always watched the lookout, when in the vicinity for a glimpse of his pupil, waved his hand in greeting as he moved slowly on after his charges. It was growing late. Her father too would be coming home for his supper but as she rose to go, a step on the mountainside above caught her attention, and looking up she saw Pete coming toward the big rock. Sammy greeted the youth kindly. I haven't seen Pete for days and days. Where has he been? Pete's been everywhere, and course I've been with him, replied the lad with his wide, sweeping gesture. Then throwing himself at full length at the girl's feet, he said abruptly, Pete was here that night. "'And God, he was here, too. "'Couldn't nobody else but God a done it. "'The gun went bang, "'and a lot more guns went bang, bang, "'all along the mountains. "'And the moonlight things that was a-dancin' quit, "'cause they was scared. "'And that panther, it just doubled up and died. "'Matt and Ollie wasn't hurted nary a bit. "'Pete says it was God done that. "'He was sure in the hills that night.' "'Sammy was startled.' "'Matt and Ollie, a panther? What do you mean, boy?' The troubled look shadowed the delicate face as the lad shook his head. "'Don't mean nothin', Sammy, not me. Nobody can't mean nothin', can they? "'But what does Pete mean? Does Pete know about it?' "'Oh, yes, course, Pete knows everything. Don't Sammy know about that night when God was in the hills?' "'He was eager now, with eyes wide and face aglow. "'No,' said Sammy, "'I do not know. "'Will Pete tell me about it?' "'The strange youth seated himself on the rock, "'facing the valley below, saying in a low tone, Ollie was a settin' like this, all still, "'just a smokin' and a watchin' the moonlight things "'that was dancin' over the tops of the trees down there. "'Then leaping to his feet, "'the boy ran a short way along the ledge,' come stealing back, crouching low as he whispered. "'It come a creepin' and a creepin' towards Ollie, "'and he never know nothin' about it. "'But Matt, he knowed, and God, he knowed too.' "'Wonderingly, the girl watched his movement. "'Suddenly he sprang to the rock again, "'and facing the imaginary beast, "'cried in childish imitation of a man's deep voice. "'Get out of the way.' THIS HERE'S MY FIGHT. THEN IN HIS OWN TONES, IT WAS SURE SCARED WHEN YOUNG MATT JUMPED ON THE ROCK. Everything's SCARED OF MATT WHEN HE TALKS LIKE THAT. IT WAS MAD, TOO, CAUSE MATT, HE WOULDN'T LET IT GET OLLIE. AND IT GOT READY TO JUMP AT MATT. AND MATT, HE GOT READY FOR A TUSSLE. AND OLLIE, HE GOT OUT OF THE WAY. AND ALL THE MOONLIGHT THINGS STOPPED DANCIN. AND THE SHADOW THINGS COME OUT TO SEE THE FIGHT. He had lowered his voice again, almost to a whisper. Sammy was breathless. "'Bang!' cried the lad, clapping his hands and shouting the words. "'Bang! Bang! God, he fired, and all the guns in the hills went off, "'and that panther, it just doubled up and died. "'It would sure got Ollie, though, if Matt hadn't a jumped on the rock when he did. "'But do you reckon it could a got Matt, if God hadn't been here that night?' it was all too clearly portrayed to be mistaken. "'Sammy needn't be afeard,' continued Pete, seeing the look on the girl's face. "'It can't come back no more. "'It just naturally can't, you know, Sammy, "'cause God he killed it plumb dead. "'And Pete dragged it way over on yon side of the ridge, "'and the buzzards got it.'" Chapter 29 Jim Lane Makes a Promise Sammy went home to find her father getting supper, Rushing into the cabin, the girl gave him a hug that caused Jim to nearly drop the coffee-pot. "'You poor abused daddy! "'To come home from work all tired and find no supper, no girl, no nothing! "'Sit right down there now and rest while I finish things.' "'Jim obeyed with a grin of appreciation. "'I didn't fix no taters. Thought you wasn't comin'. "'Going to starve yourself, were you, just because I was gone?' "'replied the girl with a pan of potatoes in her hand. "'I see right now that I will have to take care of you always, "'always, Daddy Jim.' "'The smile suddenly left the man's face. "'Where's Ollie Stewart? "'Didn't he come home with you?' "'Ollie's at home, I suppose. "'I have been up to the lookout talking to Pete. "'Ain't Ollie going back to the city tomorrow?' "'No, not tomorrow, the next day.' He's coming over here to-morrow afternoon. Then he's going away. Then, before Jim could ask another question, she held up the half of a ham. Daddy, Daddy, how many times have I told you that you must not? You must not slice the ham with your pocket knife. Just look there. What would Aunt Molly say if she saw that? So haggled and one-sided. All during the evening meal, the girl kept up a ceaseless merry chatter, changing the subject abruptly every time it approached the question that her father was most anxious to ask. And the man delighted with her gay mood responded to it, as he answered to all her moods, until they were like two school children in their fun. But when supper was over and the work done, and Jim taking down his violin would have made music, Sammy promptly relieved him of his instrument, and seated herself on his knee. Not tonight, Daddy. I want to talk tonight real serious. She told him then of the encounter with Wash Gibbs and his friend at the mill, together with a story that Pete had illustrated so vividly at the lookout. "'And so, Daddy,' she finished, "'I know now what I shall do. He will come tomorrow afternoon to say good-bye, and then he will go away again, back to the city and his fine friends for good. And I'll stay and take care of my Daddy Jim.' "'It isn't that he is a bad man like Wash Gibbs. "'He couldn't be a bad man like that. "'He isn't big enough. "'And that's just it, he is too little. "'Body, soul, and spirit, he is too little. "'He will do well in the world. "'Perhaps he will even do big things. "'But I heard dear old Preachin' Bill say once "'that some fellers can do mighty big things "'in a derned little way. "'So he is going back to the city "'and I am going to stay in the hills.' "'Jim took no pains to hide his delight. "'I knowed it, girl, I knowed it. "'Bank on the old blood every time. "'There ain't a drop of yellow in it, not a drop, Sammy. Ollie ain't to say bad, but he ain't just our kind. "'Lord, but I'd like to have seen young Matt a-given it to Wash Gibbs.' "'He threw back his head and roared with delight. "'Just wait till I see Wash.' I'll ask him if he thinks young Matt would need a pry for to lift that mill engine with now. Then all of a sudden the laugh died out, and the man's dark face was serious as he said slowly, "'The boy'll have to watch him, though. It'll sure be war from this on, the worst kind of war.' "'Daddy, what do you think Wash would have done to me if young Matt had not been there?' That metallic ring was in Jim's voice now, as he replied. Wash Gibbs ought to know better than to done that. But it was a blessin' young Matt was there, wasn't it? He'd take care of you anywhere. I wouldn't never be afraid for you with him. The girl hid her face on her father's shoulder as she said, Daddy, will Wash Gibbs come here any more now? It seems to me he wouldn't dare meet you after this. Jim answered uneasily, "'I don't know, girl. I reckon he'll be around again after a time.' There was a pause for a little while. Then Sammy, with her arms still about his neck, said, "'Daddy, I'm going to stay in the hills with you now. I'm going to send Ollie away tomorrow, because, as you say, he isn't our kind.' Daddy, Wash Gibbs is not our kind either, is he? You don't understand, girl, and I can't tell you now. It all started way back when you was a little trick. The young woman answered very gently, Yes, I know. You have told me that often. But, Daddy, what will, what will our friends think if you keep on with Wash Gibbs now, after what happened at the mill today? "'Young Matt fought Gibbs because he insulted me and was going to hurt me. "'You say yourself that it will be war between them now. "'Will you side with Wash? "'And if you do, won't it look like there was just a little, tiny streak of yellow in us?' "'This side of the situation had not struck Jim at first. "'He got up and walked the floor, "'while the girl standing quietly by the fireplace watched him, "'a proud, fond light in her eyes.' Sammy did not know what the bond between her father and the big ruffian was, but she knew that it was not a light one. Now that the issue was fairly defined, she felt confident that, whatever the cost, the break would be made. But at this time it was well that she did not know how great the cost of breaking the bond between the two men would be. Jim stopped before his daughter, and placing a hand upon each shoulder, said, tell me, girl, are you so powerful anxious to have me and young Matt stay good friends like we've always been? I... I'm afraid I am, Daddy. And then a rare smile came into the dark face of Jim Lane. He kissed the girl and said, I'll do it, honey. I ain't afraid to now. End of chapters 28 and 29